Hello nerds and welcome to this episode. It's almost holiday season, so get yourself a cup of hot chocolate, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Today I'm going to talk about a few of my favorite books, starting with Good Omens. I've read it many times already and I'm planning to reread it again soon. I've been planning that for weeks already, but there are just so many other books to read. I recently looked for more books to order. The list is endless. I wish I could say the same thing about my money. Anyway, back to the book. The apocalypse is about to happen, for the Antichrist was born. Talking about the book, not real life, unfortunately. Aziraphale is an angel who owns an antiquarian bookshop in London. He doesn't like customers buying or even touching his books, so... He makes this bookstore smell really bad and he makes sure that the books stay in the bookstore. Which is actually just a place for him to store all the books he's acquired over the last few centuries. The book got adapted to a TV series and it's one of the best things I've ever seen. The bookstore looks incredible and so cozy. This store is my inspiration for my future flat. I just want to be surrounded by books and want an old and grey I want my bookshelves to fall on me and just burn me. A lovely way to go. Anyway, in this series there are a few scenes that didn't happen in the book. For example, Aziraphale went to France during the French Revolution wearing quite fancy clothes. Always a good idea, would definitely recommend. Well. He got arrested. Luckily, his best friend slash husband, Crowley, saves him. It's not like Aziraphale would have died, but it would probably still have been annoying. Crowley is a demon, by the way. Being a demon, he is supposed to corrupt humans and he definitely should not be best friends with an angel. He's trying to be a bad person, but he's not really good at it. Besides trying to be evil, in his spare time he also yells at his plants. That actually did help a lot since they are now some of the most gorgeous plants in London. And the most scared. Together these two try and stop the end of the world. First they need to find the Antichrist though, who they've somehow lost. They're professionals. I mean, you can't blame them. An, an apocalypse is supposed to happen nearly once, so they didn't know what the apocalypse was going to be like. This book was written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, two of the funniest authors. This book is not only hilarious, but also heartwarming and there is not a single moment where I wanted to close the book. There's also going to be a second season soon and I can't wait to watch it. On to the next book. Song, Song of Achilles, written by Madeline Müller. The story gets told from Patroclus' perspective. Patroclus is Patroclus. On to the next book. Song of Achilles, written by Madeline Müller. The story gets told from Patroclus' perspective. He is quite smart and very loyal to his friend Achilles, who he meets later during the story. He is the son of someone whose name I forgot. His father never liked him because he wasn't as strong as the others. He thought of him as stupid and as a failure of a son. 
The father blamed his wife, who gets described as slow and a bad wife in general. Later in Patroclus' life, he gets exiled for something that wasn't even his fault, to Phthia, where he meets Achilles, the son of King Peleus. Achilles never gets beaten during a fight. He's also very musical and he doesn't want to fight or hurt anyone. They get to know each other and they grow closer with every moment they spend together. They even fall in love with each other. Unfortunately, their peaceful and happy times end when they both have to go to war. Or at least Achilles while Patroclus accompanies him. Later he also helps the injured. The war changes both of them and Achilles makes a stupid decision because of it. Which leads to something terribly devastating. I cried a lot. I'd love to talk more about the book, but I don't want to spoil anything, so that's it about that one. The next book is House in the, in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Linus works with children. Kind of. He has to inspect different orphanages to make sure that the magical children get treated well. What happens after his judgement of such a place is none of his concern. He likes to follow the rules and would rather do anything else than break them. That is, until he gets sent on a secret mission by the upper management of his workplace. He has to stay at an orphanage for a month, for there is a concern that the children are a danger, not only to themselves, but to others as well. He leaves the next day bright and early with his cat Calliope, 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 Calliope. Before he left, he got a file for each child and their caretaker, Arthur Parnatus. As he arrived and waited to be picked up, he decided to read one of those files. He reads a certain information about a particular child and immediately passes out. So he just lies there on the floor at the train station until Zoe, who helps Arthur with the children, finds him. After he woke up, she brought him to the house he's gonna have to investigate. First, he is quite judgmental, especially of one of the children, but throughout his day he learns not to judge others based on what others have told him. He gets to know this small family and experiences many different adventures. I loved this book so much, it made me cry. Not because it was sad, but because, because it was just such a beautiful book, especially the ending. This book has it all. Found family, subtle gay love story, some great character development and just a whole bunch of wholesomeness. I'm definitely gonna read more of his books. I need more of them. Why have I not heard of this author before? His writing style is just breath breathtaking. I loved it so much. Since his writing style took my breath away, I immediately pre-ordered Under the Whispering Door. Let's have a moment of silence for this masterpiece. This book is about Wallace Price, who is one of the, the owners of a company. He's awfully arrogant and treats his co-workers in such a terrible way. He made people literally cry and he didn't care about anyone at all. 
I honestly didn't know if I could keep reading with, with such an awful person as the main character, but worry not, my dear listeners, for there's character development. However, first, he dies of a heart attack. After he watched his own funeral, he gets picked up by a reaper, who brings him to a small tea shop which is run by Hugo, who is also a ferryman for the dead. The tea shop is the place that souls go to after death to move on eventually. Some ghosts linger only a short time at the shop, others linger a little longer. Wallace, as I've mentioned, is incredibly rude and kind of disrespectful, but after a while he befriends the others. The Reaper May, Hugo, another ghost, and they become like a family after a while. Reading this book was like receiving a hug. The relationships between the characters are so well and lovely written, it's just amazing. I can only recommend it. If you want to read a heartbreaking story with a found family, a gay relationship, tears, and some ghostly shenanigans, get the book. If, if you know your friend has this book, break into the home and read it. By the way, that was a joke. Don't hold me responsible. You shouldn't listen to someone on the internet. It's one of the most beautifully written stories. I'm standing over it. I need a break. Recently at work, I looked up this book again and there I saw that it would come out soon in Germany. The title for it is anything but fitting. I already mentioned that Wallace dies in the first 10 or 20 pages and this book is about his death. Germany, however, apparently didn't get the memo and they gave it the title The Incredible Life of Wallace Price, implying that it is about the life of Wallace, as in Wallace doesn't die or, or, or maybe they're just gonna translate the first few pages where he's still alive and that's it. That the German translated titles are often not as good as they are in the original language, but this is really one of the worst. There were so many other options and they went with that. It, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, enough of that and on to the next book. She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. This book plays in China during 1345. It is about a girl that lives with her father and brother. Unlike the latter, she is both unwanted and gets regarded as worthless. A fortune teller comes to the family and announces that her brother is destined for greatness, while her fate is nothingness. Later, she watches as her home gets raided by bandits and them killing her father. Shortly after that, her brother dies. The girl, filled with the will to survive, takes her brother's identity. Now with her brother's name Chu, she enters a monastery as a boy. There it gets harder and harder to hide her identity and to protect it, she makes some ruthless decisions. After the monastery gets destroyed for supporting the rebellion against the Mongol rule, she takes the chance to achieve her brother's fate, the fate of greatness. She never gets sidetracked on her journey, and I really admire her for that, and perfectly schemes her way towards a goal. 
The more the story progresses, the less she gets bothered by making quite brutal decisions to achieve her fate. I really loved her in the beginning and I was rooting for her, but now, in the end, I am not sure how I feel about her. Luckily, there's gonna be a second book at some, at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later. Later in the story, you also get chapters out of Ouyang's point of view. This is definitely my favorite character. Ouyang was forcibly castrated and the people around him view this kind of mutilation as an abomination. The author did a fantastic job at portraying his anger, resentment and his conflicted feelings towards his closest friend Ethan who I didn't like in the end as much as I did in the beginning. In general was this book well researched and it was impossible to put down. This was really one of the best books I've read so far and I can only recommend it. Especially if you like historical fiction that is well researched. There are too many amazing books. It's hard to pick a favorite. To finish it off with one of my favorites in a podcast where I talk about some of my favorite books, Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. The Hogfather is missing. The Hogfather is basically Santa in this world. To make certain that the children still get their presents, someone has to replace him. Who would be better for the job other than Death himself? This socially awkward skeleton is trying his best to get everything right. From going through the chimney, eating the cookies the Hogfather is supposed to eat, and to, of course, giving presents to children. The only problem is that he takes things and wishes quite literal. So, if a child wants a pony, they get a pony, even if they live in a small place. There is now a pony, whether the parents are okay with it or not. Or if when a child asks for a sword, instead of giving him a wooden sword, they get a real one. It gets a little chaotic. Parallel to that, Death's granddaughter Susan tries to find out what happened to the Hogfather. Together with the death of rats and a crow, she goes on a little journey to not only find out where the Hogfather is, but also what happened to the Tooth Fairy, who also disappeared. This book is just perfect for the holiday season. It's funny and impossible to put down. Pratchett's sense of humor comes to light in all of his novels, but this one is always gonna be one of my favorites. I feel like I repeat myself a lot, like a broken record when I talk about books, but sometimes books just take my breath away and it's impossible to find the correct words for such an amazing book like this one I just talked about. Also, I'm not a native English speaker, so I don't... I'm un unfortu Unfortunately, I'm not a walking dictionary. I apologize. And that is the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and I hope you have a great time whether you celebrate something or not. So, guys, gods, and non-binary pals, goodbye. See you next month. Or here, since you can't see me, but you can hear me. Bye.